Thank you for tuning in to The Way Podcast, a work of Scattered Abroad which is overseen by the East Hill Church of Christ in Pulaski, Tennessee. You can find our website at scatteredabroad.org. In this podcast, we seek to showcase the way that God wants us to live by looking at what is written in His Word. The Bible says God has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. This is That Way. Here is your host, Houston Welch. Welcome back to The Way Podcast. I'm your host, Houston Welch. And today we're going to be discussing another portion of our uh, study of Jesus through the Old Testament. And today we're going to discuss what is perhaps one of my favorite accounts in the entirety of the Old Testament, particularly because I am, uh, or at least I believe myself to be, uh, of a competitive nature. And I like I like uh, the competitive aspect of the account that we're about to read. And what we're going to be discussing, of course, we're looking at Jesus through the Old Testament. And so what account also where we find Jesus also has a competitive nature to it? In Genesis uh, chapter 32, beginning in verse 22, we read about uh, Jacob uh, encountering a certain individual who he later calls God, says that that he was in fact God, and Jacob wrestles with this individual. Now, prior to this account, leading up to it, uh, Jacob has already uh, been with uh, his his uncle Laban, and he has already married uh, Leah and Rachel. He has uh, many children up to this point. Um, he has not yet had a true interaction with God. Uh, Abraham had one um, at the very beginning of, of his historical account. Um, Isaac as well, though Isaac's was, was rather brief, but Jacob has not yet had a true, he spent much of his life and he's done, we've had much recorded about him up to this point, but he has still not had a true interaction with God. He's had uh, somewhat of an interaction with him as he was journeying into uh, his family's homeland uh, to, uh, he he dwelt in, in Beersheba and he, uh, had his head on a pillow of stone and he there whenever he fell asleep he had a he had a vision he had a dream of uh, a ladder ascending into heaven to, uh, and there were angels uh, descending and ascending on it and then he hallowed uh, that place god spoke to him but we, we see that there that his interaction with god wasn't exactly uh, a true interaction. It's still somewhat childish there because we read about uh, him somewhat negotiating with God as if a child would. Uh, he, he says, if God will keep me in the way that I'm going, and by keep just simply means guard. And so it's somewhat of a, God, if you'll do this, then I will do this, this, and this. There wasn't a true faith there, so to speak. I remember whenever I was a child, before I became a Christian, before I uh, I knew of God, but I did not know God per se, 
And I remember having these prayers like that. And since I have matured as a Christian, I of course, I have a long way to go, but I've come at least some way. And I recognize that that's, that's not true faith, that God, if you will do this for me, or if you will keep this end of, of the bargain, then I will keep my end. Yes, we enter into a covenant relationship, so to speak, with, with God whenever we are baptized into Christ. However, a mature Christian recognizes that God is true and that God has nothing to prove and that we shouldn't try to hold anything uh, against God or, or over God's head, that we should simply obey him for God being who he is, our creator. So uh, reading this account, Genesis uh, 32, 22, he's now, Jacob is now journeying back into Canaan where his mother and father uh, live as well as Esau. And Esau, of course, if you remember the, the prior accounts of their, their dealings, Jacob did not leave on good terms with him. He had to flee his home because Esau was going to murder him. He was going to kill him because Jacob took his birthright. Now Jacob journeying back home, he understands and knows that he's going to have to meet Esau. And the night before he meets him, and you can tell from the preceding verses that he is dealing with a lot of stress. In verse 22 of chapter 32, And he rose up that night and took his two wives and his two women servants and his eleven sons and passed over the four Jabbok. And he took them and sent them over the brook and sent over that he had. And Jacob was left alone. And there wrestled a man with him until the breaking of the day. And when he saw that he prevailed not against him, he touched the hollow of his thigh, and the hollow of Jacob's thigh was out of joint as he wrestled with him. And he said, Let me go, for the day breaks. And he said, I will not let you go except you bless me. And so the man said unto him, What is your name? And he said, Jacob. Now that question wasn't as if this man did not already know. It was more of a, a formality of, of this uh, altercation. And he said, Your name shall be no more called Jacob, but Israel. For as a prince, uh, you, have uh, you have power with God and with men and has prevailed. And Jacob asked him and said, Tell me, I pray you, your name. And he said, Wherefore is it that you do ask after my name? And he blessed him there. And Jacob called the name of the place Peniel, for I have seen God face to face, and my life is preserved. And he passed over Peniel, the sun rose upon him, and he halted upon his thigh. Therefore the children of Israel do not eat the sinnoh which shrank, uh, which, is in the which is upon the hollow of the thigh unto this day, because he touched the hollow of Jacob's thigh and the sinnoh that shrank. Jacob stated that he wrestled with God, and Scripture states, verifying that he did, in fact, wrestle with God. So, Coming from what we have already discussed, there's there's two verses that builds up to this. Uh, first, 
John 1.16, that no man has seen the Father at any time, but the, the, the Son, which is in the bosom of the Father, he has declared him. And John 8.48, Jesus upon the earth was God in the flesh. He was God incarnate. But of course, in the Old Testament, not just what we have in his, his uh, short 33 years of his uh, physical existence uh, living as a man upon the earth, but also every time that we see God throughout the Old Testament, it is the second person of the Godhead. And of course, we know him as Jesus. We call him Jesus. So the individual that Jacob wrestled with and gave Jacob his name Israel, was Jesus. Now, he did not go by Jesus at that time. And, and in fact, whenever Jacob asked him uh, what his name was, he doesn't give him a name. He says, why do you ask me that? As if, Jacob, you know who I am. Hence, the, the, two, the two words, I am. Now, Jacob at this time, he I want us to discuss Jacob just a little bit, a little bit more than what we already had. He is at his highest point, the highest point that he, is, that he has ever been uh, in his life. Of course, he's received the birthright uh, from his father Isaac, but also when in, throughout those years that he dwelt uh, with Laban uh, and he married uh, Leah and Rachel, uh, he now, as Scripture states, has 11 sons, and he has uh, numerous uh, servants and numerous uh, herds of, of animals. So Jacob is at his highest point, but he's also, like we stated, he's at his lowest point right now. And as well as mentioning, as we already have, that he hasn't had a true interaction with God. And so what, what it, when is there a better time to have a, uh, without sounding uh, too off base here, having a moment with God, a life-changing moment with God where God certainly proves himself to you, not as though he has anything to prove, but just in your eyes he has proven himself. Your faith is strengthened, deepened enough to, towards obedience. Then you're either your highest or lowest points in your life. Highest point, you're, most people or some people would be thankful to God. The highest peak of gratitude that they can feel. But as well as your lowest point, we don't need to explain this much, but many people in their lowest points in their life, they, they call upon God. They rely upon God. They seek after Him because they recognize that they can't get out of this low point on their own. They can't climb out of the ditch, out of the hole that they're in by themselves and that they need some help. Jacob was in both. He was in a, an extraordinarily unique situation to be in the highest and lowest points in his life. And God came to him. He visited him. Psalm 8 and verse 4, the psalmist says, What is man that you are mindful of him, and the son of man that you visit him? And that word, uh, visit, 
And almost every time that you read that word in the Old and New Testaments, it's not simply talking about going uh, to somebody's home, sitting down, and, and having a conversation with them. But it is attending to, caring for. Matthew chapter 25, whenever Jesus says that I was, uh, I was uh, naked, uh, I was sick, etc., and you visited me, he's talking about they didn't just come and talk with them. Yes, he did that if, if that's what this person needed or even wanted, but it's, it's being a servant to that person, being there for them in a time of need which is exactly what God does for us. He visits us in that very sense, as the psalmist says, but most Christians know that, that God visits them, not in a, in a literal uh, supernatural way, so to speak, but that God does attend to their every need, that he cares for them, that he serves them. Jesus said himself that the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister and to give his life a ransom for many. That is the, the, that's what God does for his creation. God, in this moment, is visiting Jacob. He's attending to him, he's caring for him, and he's giving him exactly what he needs in this moment. Now, you might be thinking, Jacob needed a wrestling match? Well, there's a little bit of, of foreshadowing here as to what's going on. And by the time, hopefully by the time we get to uh, the end of this uh, discussing the wrestling match itself, that a little bit more of this is clarified. But whenever uh, in chapter 33, whenever Jacob meets Esau, uh, there is uh, in verses 10 and 11, there's a lot of content here. But Jacob is, is trying to, to give some, uh, some of his blessings to Esau as, as an apology. And Esau, by this time, and Jacob has been stressing about it so much and thinking that Esau is, is surely he's going to just slay me with all of his men because he already got word that he was uh, just across uh, the ford with, with, uh, with a multitude. And he's thinking, surely I'm going to die. And you can imagine the weight of that bearing on him all night long. And as he meets Esau, and he's, as, he's, as he's confronting him, he falls down many times. But then Esau comes to him and he says, get up. And he gives him a hug. And verse 10 and 11, verses 10 and 11, uh, Jacob says, after Esau rejects his brother's uh, gifts, he doesn't want to take them from him. He says, no, I ask you, I pray you, if, you have uh, if now I have found grace in your sight, then receive my present at my hand. For therefore, I have seen your face as though I had seen the face of God, and you was pleased with me. Take, I pray you, my blessing that is brought to you, because God has dealt graciously with me, and because I have enough. And he urged him, and Esau took it. So the same graciousness that God had just uh, extended to Jacob, he now is seeing that in Esau, and it's giving him a sense of comfort. Now, I want us to talk about, about this wrestling match. Wrestling with God. The name that God gave to Jacob, Israel, 
is as we read, he who wrestles with God, the prince that wrestles with God and prevails. And as you know the account, Jacob did prevail. Of course, God is God. Jesus was was God. And so, yeah, realistically, no man can ever defeat uh, divinity. No man could ever uh, think to best uh, God. But from a purely physical perspective, uh, in a wrestling match, Jacob did prevail. He did prevail over the man who, uh, over the second uh, member of the Godhead who came uh, and dwelt uh, and, and visited Jacob there. And he prevailed. Galatians chapter 6 and verse 16. Paul writes about the Israel of God. This is talking about the church. And so moving forward, I want us to keep in mind that as the children of Israel took upon that name, as the nation uh, took upon the name Israel, the prince who wrestles with God and prevails, the church now has that same title. The physical nation, the literal uh, nation of the Jews, they no longer hold that title. Though, yes, they are called Israel, we are the true Israel of God. The church of Jesus Christ is the true Israel of God. We are the prince who wrestles with God and prevails. The wrestling match... I want to, I want to try to to paint in our minds, uh, or at least give somewhat of a of a background to this. That first of all, Jesus or the second member of the Godhead, the second person of the Godhead, was not a a martial arts master. Jacob probably wasn't either. And I know it, it might be somewhat humorous to think of Jesus, the Prince of Peace. Uh, wrestling, there's nothing wrong with, with wrestling. We know that because Jesus did it. But there, there's this, if you've ever, if you've ever uh, listened to anybody speak or ever watched somebody train in martial arts or speak about martial arts, there's a, there's a certain aspect of it, uh, and it's called rolling. And it's just where two masters of, of the arts, they, they're sparring with one another. And neither one of them are really trying to do a great deal of damage to the other person, uh, but they view one another as equals, and they're just training with one another. And it's called, it's called rolling. And I, I get somewhat of that uh, picture in my mind whenever I view Jesus or the second person of the Godhead wrestling with Jacob and that they're both uh, sparring so to speak with one another yes Jacob eventually did get the upper hand and of course the second God himself he had to uh, shrink the the hollow of Jacob's thigh think back to whenever you were a a child if you have a sibling whether you're a a, a girl or whether you're a boy, if you have a sibling that's close to your age, the likelihood, whether it is a boy or a girl, and you're a boy or a girl, vice versa, it doesn't matter, 
the likelihood of you wrestling as a child is great. And so there's that somewhat of a of a feeling of of uh, brotherhood there uh, that comes along with it with this wrestling, and we know that we get to call Jesus our brother. Now, the idea of the prince who wrestles with God and prevails the king but he still reigns in the place or in the stead of uh, of the king whenever god said let us make man in our own image that is the idea along with many other connotations from it but that is the idea is that god wants us to reign with him and he does he makes us uh, as princes and princesses in the kingdom of god as his children and jesus himself of course, he is far superior than we could ever imagine, but he places himself as our equals and that we are joint heirs with him. He is the first of, of, of us, and he is the greatest, but he places himself in that position as equals with us. Now, there's, there's much more that, that comes behind that, uh, of course, Jesus is the King of kings and the Lord of lords, and we ourselves are but princes and princesses as the children of God, and we are in desperate need of, of, of our Savior, of our King, and I'm thankful to Him, but that's how He views us. That's how He wants us to be. God is very gracious toward us. And if you found uh, this evening's or uh, today's um, discussion to be uh, profitable, edifying to you, perhaps somebody else will find it just as encouraging, just as edifying. Uh, so please go go share it uh, with anybody that you might think benefit might think would benefit from it. Uh, we do appreciate you for tuning in. Go check out some of our sistering podcasts, uh, and we do we do love you. We appreciate you. Have a good